Welcome, and we are the Low Income Geeks, and you're listening to our first uh, podcast, actually, featuring two dudes. My name's, my name's Tony. I'm Chris. <laughs> I'm Chad. <laughs> and you're just going to sit back and listen to us talk shit and praise about movies, TV shows, video games, comics, and anything else nerd-related in today's pop culture. Okay, for let's start off with our... Or news, or which I am officially dubbing Nerd Alerts. And the first one we have up is Colin Trevorrow. Is it Trevorrow or Trevorrow? Trevorrow, I guess. On, yeah, I'm like and, the fact that he, and the fact that he's been fired from Star Wars. And that's, what is that, the third director that got fired? Uh, or is it technically the fourth? Considering it I want to say he makes the third. Because it wasn't... Han Solo, like two directors technically. Yeah, yeah. they were, well, but they work as a team. Oh yeah. <clears throat> so yeah. they're basically just one director. Yeah, it was like what uh, Phil and Chris Lord, I believe. Yeah, I believe so. And yeah, those guys are great though. I don't know why. Uh, well, well, according to what you know, it, Disney, how they are. Yeah. Well, for for Lord and Miller, they said that. I think they said that. I think everything was more ad libbed or more improv, if anything. So they tried to do like a whole Judd Apatow thing with it, and I think just like Marvel, they pre- pretty much had a set plan of what they want to do. So any divergence from that, yeah, would probably just screw. It's pretty much. Oh yeah, I, I, I imagine. I mean, it's Disney. They're gonna make sure it's spot on before they show anything of it or go along with the project. Maybe he can go back to Jurassic World too, unless that director is locked in already. Is he directing Jurassic World 2? I don't think I've heard anything about a director yet. It's uh, J.A. Bayona. I guess he's Never doing Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Never heard of him. Yeah, uh, no. Nope. He's uh, known for The Orphanage and The Impossible. I've seen The Orphanage, but I don't know what The Impossible I've is. I've seen The Impossible. That's the one where that family who goes to, I think it was Thailand or the Philippines. I can't, I can't remember. But they had to deal with that whole um, tsunami that came rushing in. I think it was like back in 2004, 2005 when that whole thing happened. But yeah, The Impossible had like Tom Holland. Okay, that was yeah, like that, his, Tom Holland. I, it was like his first feature film that Tom Holland did. I believe so. And uh, Ewan McGregor was in it? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that was, I think, I think you're right. I think that was Tom Holland's first like film. And going back to Star Wars, they just went back to the well and got J.J. Abrams. I'm, I'm actually, I'm cool with that. I I'm really liked it. Episode 7. Yeah, I'm fine with it. And now, I guess we were talking about it, that I guess the internet decided to put up their own petition. Yeah, I, I don't understand that. Like, It's like, first you see people that want George to come back, which... When- <laughs> No. <laughs> no, no, that shouldn't happen at all. He's going. Down. I don't know. He's... Oh yeah, I, I think JJ is going to do great. And isn't he already the executive producer for? I believe so. Yeah. Eight? I think once you're on as a director, like majority of of uh, franchises. I mean, same thing for Marvel when they started with Iron Man. Um, they kept um, John Favreau on as a producer for a while. Yeah, now he's off doing Lion King. Yep. I mean, he's making business with that, so... 
Oh, and yeah. Phantom. I mean, he already did a great job with Jungle Book. Oh, yeah. I... Yeah. Good movie. And next, for directors, so we got Tim Miller, who's now officially on board as Deadpool's director. Officially. I mean, I guess we've all no, known it for a not while. Not director. Not Deadpool. Sorry. Terminator, right? Terminator, Terminator. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he got fired from Deadpool, if I recall. I believe he walked away from it. Yeah, I believe he walked away for creative differences. Reason why. He wanted yeah, to keep it small, was... like the first one, and... Ryan Reynolds oh. and his studio wanted to go bigger, more action, and like less substance as far as story goes, and so he bailed. Makes he wanted to he wanted to keep the magic of the first one, which is why it works so well. Makes sense. And you know, yeah. with the budget that they yeah. had, they did a really good job, and they were like, "Well, here's twice your budget. Let's do it crazy." And he wasn't feeling it. So then they got that guy that I, I don't know his name, but that. All he does is direct action movies, so... Oh, great. <laughs> well, is, isn't filming still on hiatus right now? Because of the actor that got killed? Yeah, 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 I believe so, yeah. Maybe. But I don't think that's going to last for a while. It usually never does. I mean, I mean, Transformers had a stunt worker who got killed, and that movie still went through. Yeah, same with Resident Evil. Yeah, but see, Michael Bay just doesn't care about True. anything. True. <laughs> It's not Especially much. the Transformers. <laughs> oh, that's apparent. Like, I'm not one of those hardcore Transformers fanboys that have their childhood ruined by the movies. Because at the end of the day, they're about talking robots that <laughs> transform. I don't really care. I'm not looking for anything Oscar-worthy. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, the whole deal with Transformers is they're only in it to sell toys. Oh, like, yeah. From the beginning, that's all they were. Same with the uh, Ninja Turtles. Oh yeah, same. I mean, that was more of a fluke when they got when they got their deal. Yeah, and went from a comic book to like this huge toy franchise to TV shows to everything else. Oh yeah, especially that it was watered down for kids. Oh very. Uh, yeah. And Although, a buddy of mine did point out the uh, the nice connection between the Ninja Turtles and Daredevil. It's pretty sweet. Well, yeah. I mean, oh. that was the original Ninja Turtles. That was one of the people he wanted to like. That they based Copy. it off of. I mean, yeah, Splinter was yeah. based off was based off of um, stick. The hand was yeah, or yeah. the foot was based off the hand. And going into other movies in production, uh, New Mutants apparently is wrapping up this week. That, that honestly, that blows my mind. I, that was really fast. As Chris mm-hmm. said earlier, like that's uncharacteristically fast for a movie to July tenth. Yeah, they started on July 10th, and here we are, September 16th. Jeez. July 10th. I didn't uh, even know that that movie went into production. I thought there was still I, I didn't casting. know either. I thought they were still just casting. That's what I thought. But all of a sudden, it's like almost done with production. It's like, and nobody's got like any like behind-the-scenes photos. No paparazzi has got like snagged any photos from like a set or anything like that. That's like unheard of, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah and... To me, that kind of especially for a big production well. like this. Yeah, it's kind of weird that something with something as big as the New Mutants isn't as talked about online as you would think. I mean, yeah. any any Marvel movie, any other movie, like everyone's trying to sneak photos, trying to find you know insider information. Yeah, There's so much to find out, but when it this comes to like this, it's nothing. like I think maybe it's just because it's like Fox and it has. Mutants in it. Everyone's probably just over it. 
Yeah, that could be the case. <laughs> yeah. And uh, let's see what's next up for Lionsgate officially sending out their first image of David Harbour as Hellboy. And anybody's thoughts on that? I think I wanted to hold you guys to like see your thoughts on it. Oh, I think it looks great. Yeah, I mean, I've never been a big Hellboy fan. I can't remember the last time I watched any of them. I mean, me but, either, but, but I mean, from what I from what I've seen, it looks he looks good. I mean, I love the first two films, and everybody seems to have like been waiting for a third Hellboy. Like, I like I think I talked to Chris about this before that Del Toro just has this whole thing that, like he's just going all over the place with projects. Well, I think it was because he wanted a budget that was bigger than the second movie, and it's. And second even though the second film. movie wasn't like a flop, it didn't perform as well as the studio had expected. So they didn't want to give him as much money as he wanted, and they kept postponing the project. So he kept picking up more, and then eventually, you know, Perlman got too old to play the part, and and then I think the studio lost the rights to it anyway. It went back to the uh, the creator. Wait, so who distributed it before? Uh, a good question. And speaking of Hellboy, I guess, well, first off, we already know that Ed Screen was originally set to play the role of um, Ben Damio, or Daimio, something like that. Daimio, yeah. He dropped out the moment he saw that the character was Asian, and like smart enough to know that he doesn't want any of the backlash, so wisely dropped out. Well, yeah, because, I mean, it's been... It keeps happening. But what Ghost in the Shell and Doctor Strange, Death Note. Uh, what was the other one? They were on. It was in Hawaii. Anthony, I remember you were mad about. Oh, it. Aloha. Aloha. Oh, yeah. Aloha. Yeah. <laughs> it keeps happening, right? Yeah. So, no, I don't. I don't blame him for bailing. And now that uh, Daniel Day Kim's playing, I think that's going to help him kind of push forward. From oh, that. definitely. I mean, even. I mean, you guys heard the whole situation with them, like him and Grace Park leaving Hawaii Five O. Uh, they mentioned here in the article, but I didn't hear anything about him. Yeah, departing. they both him and Grace Park had left Five O because they weren't getting as like paid as much as the two leads. I'm not too sure, like how their budget and the budget like went to them versus the two leads. I can't remember their names. Like, and it sucks that like I know the first guy's name is Alex. Um, I can't remember. And I've worked with these guys on set, and usually the guy who plays um, Let's see. Alex O'Loughlin, <laughs> that was it. It's uh, Alex O'Loughlin? And Scott Can. And yeah. Like, I can talk, like, I can talk about so much shit about Scott Can, and like, yeah, <laughs> that's probably for another time. Okay. We'll have a separate podcast for that. Yeah. It's called what? Reasons Why Tony Hates Scott Cam. I love Daniel Day Like I've worked with, I've actually worked with him on Lost before. Like in the last season, we did a few scenes, like background extra. Like I was always cool with him, but there are like certain actors that you work, you see in real life that you get to work with that you just can't stand. Scott Cam being one of them. Matthew Fox from Lost. It's another one. I thought you were McConaughey. I'm like, what? <laughs> so no, Matthew Southern Fox. Southern like, yeah, I heard Matthew Fox sucks. Yeah, I got Did a few stories. Oh, I've got a few stories. Oh, no, I've got a few stories other than the chair. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that, him in anything lately. Yeah, I find it funny that Lionsgate 
actually went to Daniel Day Kim over the whole controversy with him leaving Five O, like Five O, and them casting a white guy to play an Asian for his role. So, I mean, one, it's, I guess, in a way, it's kind of perfect considering he just left that show over a dis, over a dispute, and now he's gained this role kind of over a dispute about the character about his character. Oh yeah, and like I said, it's going to help them. Um, oh, definitely, big time. Kind of, kind of push that movie a little more that they actually serving the right roles with the right people. And lastly, we're going to segue into our main topic. Stephen King's it for for this past weekend gained hundred twenty three million dollars. Is that biggest the biggest opening? Yeah. Biggest opening for a for a horror, horror movie. Break. Yeah. Yep. And I think they said biggest opening for a September. Release, I can't remember. Oh, it definitely, that. you know, it earned it. Oh, oh yeah, really, really, really well with it. I agree. I agree fully. I mean, that's that's another thing that's almost unheard of, especially for a horror film, an R-rated oh, yeah. horror film. Now nowadays, if it's not like a pop culture type film, like Transformers, Ninja Turtles, superheroes, something like that, usually don't do too well. But this kind of blew it out of the water. It kind of gives people hopes for you know other movies besides superhero movies and stuff. Kind of. Hopefully, gaining some traction. Well, most horror movies these days are super formulaic. You know, they're all oh yeah, cook the cookie cutter movies, and people are tired of that. And I think that's why everybody was iffy about you know it, but they took their time with it and they did it really well. And and like you said, everything's kind of just cookie cutter. And if it's not cookie cutter, it's a remake that's not remade very well. Yeah, and they had lost a director originally. Oh yeah, back in the beginning. I mean, this is a pretty big comeback. I mean, I I don't want to say like it's compared to how Ant Man lost lost their first director. Yeah, you're right. And then came back like probably not as strong as it, but still like it came back to a point like they optioned it for a sequel. And and as for it, like it's pretty much said that they're going to get a sequel. So oh yeah, that. there's no way they don't get it. I know I was reading an article yesterday saying that they're just waiting on the green light. They're already writing, you know, the script and getting everything ready. They're just waiting for the green light from uh, Warner Brothers. But a hundred twenty-three million dollar opening, I pretty much like to me. That, I think that's a green light in itself. Oh yeah, I mean, if if you can get twenty Transformers movies, we can get two It movies. Yeah, and they're really pushing those Transformers movies. <laughs> I still haven't yeah, yeah, seen the last one. Bumblebee's coming up next. And it's set in the 80s. And I'll still throw my money at it. I still haven't seen the last one. Yeah, I'm still going to watch it. I, I actually liked uh, The Last Night. I, I thought it was pretty good. But then again, I'm easily it was. It was, uh, I don't know, because they changed their own continuity so many times, it's hard to keep track. Anyways, okay. But let's, it is what it is. Yeah, let's start on the our geeking out portion. So our main topic will be about 2017's It. And first off, beginning scene pretty much, I guess, plays out how the book like originally sets it. While in the, the original miniseries, it starts off with like them like 30 years later, starting with Mike. But in this, it just straight off, it, like it's purely setting... The tone like thir- like the twenty seven years before, and yeah. not blending the two, which I definitely like. 
I think well, it technically I, starts yeah. with the death of a little girl, and yeah. then, but yeah, it is the twenty-seven years after. Yeah, I think if they had did it the same way, it would be kind of jarring, trying to go between two different casts. Well, the good the good thing is I was reading, um, like I said, I was reading that article yesterday. Of the right, they're trying to do it as like a flashback type thing. You're going to see flashbacks. They're trying to get the movie made quick because they want the same actors, the same cast. So they're trying to show like flashbacks of what happened to the kids during that 27 years, what kind of led them into coming back. Right. Yeah, and it was it was smarter for them to do it this way, have the first movie just focus on the kids. Oh, definitely. Like it plays along oh, with yeah. the novel. Yeah, and it left it, it gave the it gave the movie more room to grow. Got to flesh out the characters, you know, you got to really kind of invest emotionally invest yourself in the characters. And the beginning scene, I need your guys' thoughts on this. Compared to the original, well, well, the original scene with Georgie. Oh, the, the new one definitely. Like new one definitely. It's, a lot yeah. of people saw, like a lot of people I know said that it was kind of too much. And oh no, I, I, I mean, I have kids, so it was definitely like a lot more shocking than. Oh, definitely. You know, but I, I think it was good. It set the tone for the movie for sure. Yeah, it definitely set a tone, and right. I was not disappointed. I was like, that's how we're going to start it. Yeah, I honestly thought they were going to, like, cut, like, uh, not show... I thought they were, like, not going to show, like, fucking ripped it, that kid's arm off. <laughs> and yeah, they didn't crawling, like, trying to get away. Like, holy shit. Yeah, it was, it was something you don't really see in movies too much. You know, they usually stray away from showing harm to kids yeah. or children on screen. Usually it's an off-screen type yeah, like, thing. But I think the last... That's, I think, that's garbage. I think the last time <laughs> I think the last time I've ever seen like a death of a kid in a horror film was this one movie, Mimic. Do you guys ever remember seeing that movie? Oh uh, yeah. It takes place yeah. in New York, like New York subway system and they had some kind of mutated like cicada or bug in the subway system and they show like two kids going down a subway system being drawn in by one of these like cicada like humanoid creatures. And yeah. it kind of it kind of shows it, but it kind of doesn't because it's silhouetted, like these kids being eaten by it, but not really show it. Like it's more like twenty feet away, you only see the silhouette. But yeah, I guess in a way it is kind of just implied. Yeah, like, yeah no, I liked it. it. I, I liked it. It was shocking. It definitely yeah. set the tone. Yeah, the, the taking of Deborah Logan because she was kind of like a snake thing. She was totally eating that kid. I don't think I've seen that, one, but I'll definitely put it on a list to see. And go and okay, going back to going back to the beginning and introducing the characters. What's your guys' thoughts on all these kids? Because I I definitely got a stranger Stranger like, Things vibe. Stranger Things vibe, especially with oh, um, yeah. the one kid of Finn yeah, Wolfhard. Finn, yeah, Finn. Richie. No, uh, I think the kids did great. Like I said, I, I just got done with the first half of the original, and I get it. You know, it was. The 90s, but it was supposed to be an earlier time. What 70s, probably 60s? I can't even remember. What yeah, I think it was the 60s. Was so I think they're just adjusting it to the people are watching it now. Like, well, I think it might have been like early 70s because the the fat kid he said his dad got shot down in Vietnam. He was a pilot or whatever. Yeah, no, I think they whatever. said yeah, it was 89. The original, I think the the original book and the miniseries they were playing on the the nostalgia of people from that time period, like from between the eighty from between the eighties, showing something that was in the sixties. But for us, like for the well more for the adults from 
for now. Like their childhood oh, yeah, that, from the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, more people are going to kind of share similarities to this one since, you know, it's 88, 89, and now the 27-year jump will be current yeah, time. So for us now. Yeah. I think it's going to put a good dynamic on things. Another um, another going down the cast, um, like, who played the original Bill? Like, I have a feeling I've seen that kid before. I just can't put my figure, finger on, on where for the original miniseries. But... Um, are you talking about the kid that plays him now, or the old one? The old one, in the original miniseries. Oh, yeah, that kid was, uh... I think I've only, I think I've seen that kid, and I think it was, um, never-ending story, or at least a sequel. Like, compared to the original, I love, I love, actually, this Jonathan Brandis. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've seen him before. Yeah, the original miniseries, like, that, Bill, it was just hard watching him act, but I definitely see, like, from this kid's perspective, like, I think the, the original was just, that kid was just overselling it. I found it funny that the original Richie was Seth Green. Did you notice that, Chris? Yeah, yeah, I was watching it, and I was like, who's that redhead kid? I'm like, that can't be Seth Green, I didn't think he was that yeah, old. Seth Green. But he is. And I think this one, the uh, chick who played Beverly, this, I guess she's a newcomer, but, like, I think that was another one that she hit it out of the park. The Sophia Lillis chick. I think she did a good job. Uh, yeah, it looks like before that, she was in three other movies. 37, The Lip 16, and The Garden. Haven't heard of any of those. Me neither. But yeah, you know, one guys, of those random off movies. Did you guys have a in feeling that she was being, school? like, molested by her dad? Oh, yeah. That yeah. vibe was definitely that, put off. That was a lot off-putting. Like, that one, I think the whole audience cringed at that part. At that part, and the guy... In the, the pharmacy. In the pharmacy, yeah. Yeah, yeah that uh, guy. Uh, I was like, "What the hell?" Yeah, that Lois Lane line was kind of really cringeworthy. Oh yeah, that was that was, <laughs> that was horrible. Yeah. This is also a newcomer. Well, the f- I know in the newer film, um, hey, that kid's in Stranger Things, isn't he? Yeah, Finn Wolfhard. Yeah. Yeah. I think he. I think. He probably had the most fun out of all of them because he was just fucking cursing up a storm. Left oh, and yeah. right. From what I gather from like my cousins who grew up in the eighties, that's how they pretty much all talked even at that young of an age. Like for me and probably like a few other kids I know, like we get caught like saying that much fucking swear words. But then again they're all thirteen. So yeah, that would be around the time. Age. That's definitely the age where like you cuss as much as you can around when you're not around your parents. At least yeah. from what I remember. I think in the in the miniseries, definitely. Well, yeah, I guess because it was a TV movie, but this like this they had to be real. It's like, thir- like thirteen year olds, twelve year olds, they fucking curse. Like this. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The one bully kid was dropping in bombs left and right in the original one. Oh yeah, I've noticed that. And, like this one, they played it off like that he what that he was racist, but not really outright showing it. Yeah, yeah they were. Just, yeah. They were like, let's just see how many times we can get away with saying this on TV. <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. Fun fact, though, uh, the kid that played Ben was in Ant-Man as a bully. Wait, what? Yeah, he was a bully in Ant-Man. Sure, but my thing scene. is, I don't remember a bully being in Ant-Man. Yeah, me neither. I don't remember any, like, like that many scenes invo- involving kids. Unless it's like his daughter's birthday party. Yeah, that might be the scene. Or it was a deleted scene and 
I'm thinking Delete maybe. Yeah, because I don't remember him at all. I know there's another person on the cast that played in a Marvel movie too. I just forget which person it was. <laughs> I guess for for a kid, Eddie, they kind of kept the similarities of the mom, except this one seems way worse. Oh yeah, how she was all overprotective. Way overprotective, just over the top. And that his his medicine was all placebos. <laughs> I think that's a good thing, though. I mean, a lot of us nowadays, you know, remember being when we were kids. We all thought we had something wrong with us, or you know, I think anyone, an adult, can kind of relate to one of the kids in a way as when they were growing up, well, which yeah. I think was a great add to it. Yeah, unfortunately, I think mine's was Eddie because I know my mom was a bit overprotective, but not to that point. His mom was just crazy. Yeah, she was. To the point would give him placebos, thinking he's sick. Yeah, not my mom. I had to be out of the house. All the time until the street lights came on. Then it was time to go. Oh yeah, that, that's how it was for us too. Aside from that, it was just stay out, get out of here. Only come home if you're injured. And next then, uh, Stanley Uris, the guy who played Stanley uh, Wyatt Olaf, he was the young uh, Star Lord. Um, Star Lord. Yeah, there you go. That's the other Marvel cat. Yeah, I watched. This, I was like, I know I've seen this kid somewhere before, and I just <laughs> and then afterwards, I I just remember I just recently seen the original. Um, Guardians. It was like, okay. Yeah, I just watched it the other night. I need to watch the second one again. It's been a while. I definitely like the first one more. But oh, yeah. Lastly, on the <clears throat> Losers Club for the cast, um, Mike Han- or Mike Hanlon. Um, what's the name? Chosen Jacobs? Yeah. Who names their kid Chosen? Yeah. <laughs> Some new age parents. That's you what. have been chosen. For what? <laughs> He's been chosen to play in It. That's it. That's his only movie, right? I think so. I mean... Yeah, that's his only film. I know he's done uh, small roles uh, in like, TV shows. I mean, uh, he was on Hawaii Five-0. Yeah. I've not seen it. I mean, hell, I haven't really seen Five-0 in like, the past, I want to say, five seasons. And lastly, for I guess for our main antagonist, is Bill Skarsgård. Alice Skarsgård's little brother... Playing Pennywise, I think he did a brilliant job, though. Well, definitely, oh, yeah, like perfect, perfect for the role. That like, little lip thing he does, and then his drooling just creeps the shit out of me. He was born yeah. in 1990. Huh? I thought he was older. Than Holy me. shit, he's younger. <laughs> he's, he's younger than me. I thought he was at least our age. Well, a year or two off. Yeah, he definitely. <laughs> like I definitely loved his take on it a lot better. Oh yeah, like, it was, it was that, creepy. I mean. Pennywise, like, like in general, I think they're going for a whole clown from the 1800s look or early 1900s versus Tim Curry's version. It was more of a clown from the late 20th century. Oh, yeah. And I mean, just like I said, the lip thing to me was what set his character off the most. Just his eyes and his lip, the way that, that he sets that up is just insane. Oh, and that dead look that he gave? Yeah. Like, that was freaking creepy. I loved it. I, I can't wait to see a second one. That scene with the uh, the, uh, the slideshow projector, or whatever it was. was oh, yeah. I think the original take on that was the book, where they're flipping through, like, the town's history, through the picture book. Yeah, they're, uh, yeah. And they're down by the creek or whatever. And this version, they're just going through a slideshow, and all of a sudden, he pops out of the fucking screen, <laughs> like, gnarling teeth on all fours. Yeah, I, I liked how there's small Easter eggs you can catch too, like the werewolf hand. Oh yeah, yeah. 
that was supposed to be um Richie's Richie's like, yeah Richie's fear oh and this one they just changed it to a clown I mean it kind of makes sense that they changed up like these kids fears to the, what what they'd be afraid of in the 80s while kids yeah. in the 60s like they're afraid of a vampire or afraid of a mummy or afraid of a werewolf those are all like coming from movies that were popular back then yeah, exactly. What if Pennywise was like a suicide bomber or like a school shooter nowadays? <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> yeah, that, that's believable. It's our reality. <laughs> Sadly, what was your guys' thoughts on the bullies in this whole in this new version? Oh man, Henry Bowers pissed me off. Yeah, I haven't hated a character like that since Joffrey. Oh, same. Oh, Chris hasn't <laughs> finished up Game of Thrones yet. I mean, but then again, I think you. At least knows who that character is. Yeah. I'm, oh yeah. Yeah. If you if you uh, you don't have to watch Game of Thrones to know that Joffrey's a dick. Oh, definitely, that's for sure. No, it was it was good though. They made. Well, definitely. Like if you made, hate the character, if you hate the character this much, like you know that actor is doing a good job at it. Actually. Oh yeah. So you can just see it right there. So what did you guys thought about the adults in this movie? Like, did it seem like everybody was just all the adults were just ignoring what was happening? I think that's how it goes in the books as well. I mean, nowadays, obviously, I think parents would be more um, attentive, but I think kind of nails like eighties, late eighties, early nineties parenting. Because I remember my parents didn't listen to half the shit I said. Like, so I think actually, I think it's believable. Yeah, <laughs> actually, if you watch the beginning scene after Georgie gets dragged into the gutter, you can clearly see the blood still in the in the water. From the oh, room, yeah. you can clearly see it. Lady, that old lady yeah. is seeing it right there. And she's like, like oh, I didn't see anything. Yeah, like, I have a feeling like she didn't report it. Oh, no, she's just like, eh, he was there, he's not, not my problem. I feel like all the adults are just ignoring everything that was going on. <laughs> just not giving a shit. Oh, yeah, it was like overly, like, yeah, it was like not caring. It, it was like, what, tw- like 30 kids missing within that year? And not one, like... like that? article or like cops patrolling the streets just kind of yeah. like eh, yeah there's like no cops well then again they were at the school when that one that one girl who went missing the mom was just waiting around outside the school yeah other than that there was like no patrol going down like making sure the kids are going like <laughs> keeping their curfew like yep. well, I'm like watching it's like, it's like this town is horrible with their police department welcome to dairy where no one gives a shit about the kids <laughs> like stuff like shit like that like there be search parties all over the town oh like, yeah combing the fields kids wouldn't be walking by themselves they'd have escorts everywhere like no not this because the parents are in on it man the adults are in on it <laughs> oh they gotta placate like, Pennywise oh, according to 27 wh- years so he'll leave them alone yeah <laughs> I mean according to what I've read somebody said that in the novel I guess he, in a way, influences the parents. Like, I, I mean, he pretty much warps that. reality. So, I, would, I guess I wouldn't put it past him to be able to warp the parent, the parents' minds as well. Or maybe, you know, it's the parents' way of getting their kids to move the hell out. Just not them, let them go to adulthood. Like, we don't need to wait till you're 18. Just leave now. Going back to, I guess, how they all meet. Like, Well, I guess more like they all come together like once Mike's in the picture. I think the rock war part was kind of, I guess, kind of cringy, but at the same time, like, kind of funny. Yeah, but it's, yeah. it's almost the same thing as the rock war part from the original one, too. It's just less slow-mo. I don't know about you guys, but 
Well, probably for Chad too. But who did you guys thought about the scene where they're all jumping the cliff to go into the the lake? And they oh, that... they like put a scene with a like what was she fourteen, thirteen, something like that. Whenever they filmed this, slowly taking off her top. Oh yeah, that was definitely was like, like super awkward and not cool to watch. Unless you're Stephen King, then he's probably really into it. <laughs> Which takes me to my no- to another part that I wanted to talk to you guys about. I didn't even know this scene existed, like, at all. For some reason, there's this huge child orgy scene from the original book. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah I, I read about that. Like, I can't remember the details about it. But... Basically, what I was what I read about it was the point in the book was they needed to, they thought that in order for them to defeat Pennywise was to lose their innocence, so they each took a turn partaking in Bev to uh, <laughs> release them of their innocence, I guess. Yeah, he was, like, really advocating for that to be in the movie. And everybody's like, why? I'm pretty sure he was on drugs. It's just part of the story. Just go with it. Like, uh, yeah, I'm fairly certain he was on drugs. And I've seen, like, I'm not even sure they have in the original novel. But the whole part with Henry Bowers killing his own dad. I thought that was straight ruthless. I was like, what yeah. the fuck? Kill him all! Kill him all! Kill him all! And, yeah, and speaking of that, and speaking of that, like, I guess that kid's TV show that was on every single TV. Did you guys actually listen to what was being said? Oh, yeah. It's, like that. That it's always fun to play in the sewers with your friends or something yeah. like that. I was yeah. like, what the fuck? Yep. And the parents are just watching like, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Go play in the sewers. Whatever. Just like, it's the best yeah. place to play. Play with your friends. I'm like, <laughs> what? No, I definitely want to watch it again like soon to just kind of pay attention more to the background because I feel like there's a lot of stuff that could be missed. On your first go-around. Oh, definitely. Yeah, going back to the, all their fears. I mean, what was each kid's fear? Mike was... Mike's was his parents. I, uh, well, no, I wouldn't really say it's his parents. It's just, you oh, know, def- that def- scene in the parents. beginning with the... Uh, the burning hands. Hands, yeah. Stanley Stanley was... Um, that The that, painting? Yeah, yeah, the painting. And I think that the painting was creepy, man. Yeah, I, I, think I don't in, blame him I think in the original... All. In the original miniseries, he was afraid of a mummy for some reason. But then again, I guess that goes along with what kids were afraid of back then. Oh, wow, that makes sense then. Um, do you remember near the end when they're fighting him? He, I believe it's Stanley. He, or no, it's... Um, what's the chubby kid's name? But he grabs ben. him, like his face is near his... Ben. Ben. And he wraps the, like, wraps around his head. I guess oh, that'd yeah. be another, uh, another okay. Easter egg. That makes sense. Eddie was a leper. Yeah, yeah he, he was a leper. Like, that was gnarly. Yeah. I think, like, at first I was there's like, no way, like, even a leper can't be that, like, like, there's no way a real leper would look that bad. It's more like he was afraid of zombies, because honestly, that's the first thing I thought. That's what I, I thought, like, too. So he's scared of zombies, and then after the movie, I went and looked it up, and I was like, oh, okay, leper, that makes more sense. Beverly, I guess, was the more... I think hers was more about her... Um, Kind of transition to adulthood with, you know, her the period blood. hitting. And yeah, because, well, in the original, it was just, like, the balloon that came out of the sink, and then it just, there was blood everywhere. But in the new one, it was, like, the hair that she cut off and a bunch of other stuff, right? So I think it was, like, her, her fear was growing older. And becoming, like, a predator for all these boys yeah. and men. Yeah, or if you think, I mean, it could I mean, be kind of in conjunction with her father. Her father kept saying, you're going to be my little girl, so she didn't want to grow up. 
maybe. Maybe he wasn't actually doing anything to her. He was waiting till she got older. Who knows? Probably. So, according to this, the loser, or it took place in 1958, and then they reunited in 1985. Okay, for the originals. Yeah, we were, like, way off on our timeline. That, that makes more sense. Yeah, the racism definitely makes more sense. Oh, for sure. Richie was clowns of all the things. <laughs> I like that scene, though, where they're like, what are you afraid of, Richie? And he just turns... Clowns. And lastly, Bill was his, I guess, his little brother, or the loss of his little brother. Yeah, I think in a way he kind of felt guilty yeah. about it. I think that's more what it, more or less, what it was. This is guilt for you know because he put him out there, or he told him to go out in the rain and go alone. Went, so. Yeah, he couldn't go with him because he was sick. But yeah, like no, that scene where he's in the cellar. Oh man, that's probably my favorite scene. Like that was fucking creepy with. Shows his little brother and then slowly starts to deteriorate. And then you see they that. All they all float! They Yeah, and it's just. He's pretty much a puppet. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that was creepy. Definitely that, definitely a highlight scene for me. I forgot. What happened to all those other kids that were actually floating? When they it, were never really, it never really stated like if they were alive, if they yeah. were dead, what, you know? Yeah, because they just basically focused on Beverly and then got out of there. Yeah. My guess is they were probably still alive because the only one that technically wasn't floating was Georgie. Yeah, they. I don't, I don't think they even showed a body for Georgie. I mean, he, for all we know, like he could have been the ones that he ate already. Yeah, I think that's one of those implied deaths because they, you know, they pick the raincoat up and then he starts crying and yeah. kind of breaking down. Yeah. yeah, I'm just not too sure if all the other kids were alive when they all floated down. Well, hopefully in the sequel because we know we're going to get one hopefully they oh, kind definitely. of explain that a little more i think right. the point of it was they were probably running out of time or maybe they had it and it's going to be a deleted scene but oh yeah it that's seemed another, like yeah that's another it seemed thing like they were that they're supposed to be a oh, director's go. cut so hopefully we'll yeah, probably see more scenes from that yeah because what, what it seemed like to me was kind of they were trying to rush to that end of showing them do their blood out to like come back 27 years later yeah yeah and how she like saw the feature yeah. Older. But I think that was the scene that they kind of they put in place of that whole orgy scene. Yeah, that yeah. Ma- ma- makes sense. That makes more sense and like a lot better. Like definitely a smart move on that on them. Oh yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I'm sure I it's more they, classy, any, I guess. Yeah, I'm sure any producer, ex- director, anyone nowadays like, knows like that. you put you put a kid orgy in a movie, you're done. <laughs> yeah. You aren't coming back from that. I guess the only like, I guess the only cast member that's not going to be back, like, well, not cast member, but character that's not going to be going to be back is Henry Bowers. Yeah, it seems like he's done. Yeah, it seems like it. But remember, remember the one rule about horror movies: they didn't die on screen. Are they really dead? Oh no, he caught. He definitely he, fell to his death. There's no way. He's I mean, alive. he like bounced off of that well back and forth too. But I know in the original miniseries. Um, his character actually survived, well, in a way. He sees the true form of Pennywise, and yeah. then comes back as an adult to like try and kill them, or at least start killing them, but ends up failing. But we'll talk more, about, I guess we'll talk more about that when that sequel comes out. Hopefully soon. Like, yeah, I, I hope we start hearing something about it soon. It's been out for like, what, a week? Or yeah. two? Has it been two weeks? Two weeks, I think. 
Or this is week two? One of those two. I think this is week two already. Actually, no, I think it came out last week. Oh, yeah. No, it did come out last week. Sixth or seventh. Yeah, they'll probably wait and see how the first couple weeks in theaters go. But I'm not sure. You know, it's... Plus, I don't think they're going to leave people hanging. It was 35... Anyway. They made their their budget back. It's 35 million. Yeah, 35 million. There you go. So, they've already well made... To me, that's a green light already for a sequel. Oh, yeah. There's no way they don't make a sequel. I mean, they kind of have to. I mean, it states right at the end, chapter one. I mean, they're remaking Halloween again. Oh, jeez. So, yeah. Is it a remake, or is it... It's, uh, a, it's, it's a, a remake. It's a remake. No, it's, it's a reboot slash sequel. Oh, okay. Yeah, because... So, uh, Halloween H2O and Halloween Resurrection Yeah, because Jamie Lynn Curtis just got cast as her Yeah, character. that's right. It's being written by Danny McBride. <laughs> Wait, what? That is interesting. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of jokes in that one. Does he have any credibility? I mean, I don't know. Uh, in a horror scene, at least. I mean, the only no. I think yeah, the only no. person who has credibility writing-wise would be Seth Rogen. Anyways, okay, going back to going back to it. I guess our final thoughts is who do you? Well, one, how'd you guys like it? And two, would you recommend this to anybody? Like anybody? I guess not really anybody, but. Would you recommend us to more people to see it? Then I want everybody to see it at least once. I mean, whether you're a horror fan or not. Well, definitely. Like, it gives off the like. I guess we were talking about earlier, like the Stranger Things vibe to, from it. Oh yeah, they're definitely getting that nostalgic value out of it. That's it. Plus, I mean, if you have a fear of clowns, what better way to <laughs> get over it by having a super creepy clown just come at you? Go see it in IMAX. It'd be great. Um, but yeah, my girlfriend has a fear of uh, clowns, and she loved it. Oh, I did. Oh, I had like the worst fear of clowns. Like when I was a kid, I couldn't even. Like, did you ever like have like Ron McDonald like show up to you guys local McDonald's one day or something? Yeah, like for the kids, uh, I couldn't even go like twenty feet near him. Like I was <laughs> that terrified, and it all because of that fucking first scene. In it that I saw with Georgie, <laughs> like it turned me off of clowns, like for I want to say a decade. Like even like oh. cousin's birthday bars when it had a clown on, I couldn't go near it. All I remember yeah. is that scene Same here. with the kid being dragged into a gutter. Like you don't <laughs> see it, but it, it's implied that he gets dragged in and eaten. Well, I guess as a kid, if I watched it, I mean I had a rational fear of people in hockey masks because of Friday the 13th so I guess that makes sense okay like if you saw that as a kid back then like I see it as horrifying but I've seen people actually brought in their kids to see this movie in theaters R rating and everything and they're exposing it to their kids and like what the fuck are you thinking you're just tormenting your little kid that's that's terrible and they had two kids one I think was uh, eight and the other was five. Oh my god they're probably up for a couple days Oh, definitely. Like, I wouldn't be hiring any clowns for any birthday or go to any birthday party that has a clown in it. Yeah, I haven't seen clowns do birthdays in a long time. Yeah, but clown colleges still exist, right? So somebody's got to be... (laughs) Someone's still doing it. My wife actually knows somebody who she went to her her art school in New York that was actually... 
she before she went to went to the school in New York, she was actually a she went to a clown school in Texas. Yeah, I knew a, I knew a girl who went to a clown college. She was pretty cool. I never saw her like in her makeup or anything, but like the, I guess though, if there's some demand, like we don't know about it. It's not in our circle. Yeah. And but yeah, going back to the question, I I would definitely recommend it. Like Chris said, I think everyone should at least watch it once. Yeah. Who do you think that they're gonna cast as as the adult versions of these characters? That's a good question. Like I personally think that going back to the miniseries, well, the kid who plays Richie should be played by an adult Seth Green. That that would that would be good. I mean, he's already got the mouth for it. I mean, <laughs> and he's, he doesn't age. He looks exactly the same. Pretty much. Like, I'm just wondering, if somebody, somebody suggested for Mike Hanlon, um, who's it, what's the first, I can't remember their names, like Key and Peele, one of the guys from there. Uh, Jordan, I think it's Jordan. Jordan, Jordan, Jordan Peele, Peele. Key and Michael Key. Yeah, yeah I think somebody go. suggested Jordan Peele. Was he the one that directed, um, Get yeah. Out? Uh, Get Out. It was him, right? Or was it? Yeah. Yeah, it was him. I mean, he's Key like, is the bald one. Yeah, I think, I think him as Mike would, pro- would probably be fitting, considering he's now got a got a name in, in the horror community. Oh yeah, for a great movie too. Like I'm throwing, no, no, I'm no. throwing, I'm gonna throw this one out there. I mean, he still might be too young to play the role for someone that's supposed to be like twenty seven, like in his forties. But the kid who plays Stanley, I mean, he already played a young Chris Pratt. Oh yeah, I'd <laughs> just love get, to see Chris Pratt. Like, just get Chris Pratt. <laughs> I'm seeing that uh, Chosen Jacobs actually hopes that uh, Chadwick Boseman plays him as an. That's what I was gonna say. That's actually, oh, that's actually really a good, good casting right there. That's a good one. Or the other one, Anthony Mackie. Whatever. They're both black. Who's the one I'm trying to think of somebody who played Bev? Like somebody had a suggestion for her. I think it was the. I think <sighs> someone said Jessica Chastain, but that's it. The chick from Miller Seller. Yeah, is that right? Either her or somebody also said Amy Adams. Like, is are those the only two redheads that that people can think of? (laughs) I think I'm surprised I haven't heard uh, what's her face. uh, There's that other one reminds me of Amy Adams from uh, Wedding Crashers. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Ron Howard's kid daughter. um, Yeah. I can't remember the name. We got oh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard, that was it. Okay, I guess the closeout is our topic part. I'm dubbing geeking out, but I probably should have done that in the beginning. But I guess what we've added to our collection, um, I guess comics to invest in, which goes along with our term low-income geeks. I guess I want to put this out there that if for people who want to like start collecting and probably want to jump in on a comic book, or something like that's collectible, dealing with what's going to be coming up in the future. New Mutants would be one of them. I'm not too sure yeah. like how forward you guys are looking to this one. I, I personally have never really been a big fan of New Mutants. I know a few people who are excited, but me personally, it's going to be one of those. I'll watch it, but I'm not like, it's not homecoming for me. I can go either way on New Mutants. I'll watch it for sure. I'll watch any comic book movie they put out. Same, same. How, you know, the new Fantastic Four. Watched that one a couple of times. Yeah, I've watched it. 
another another big book to be that would be good to like invest in now is Amazing Spider-Man number or no not number six I believe number the first appearance of uh, Scorpion. Seeing oh, as he yeah, he will definitely be in the next yeah, Spider-Man movie. Yeah, get it on. Did they confirm that Scorpion's in the next one? It's not confirmed, but I mean, the way that Homecoming ended, there's no way they don't put him in it. Especially implying that he'll be back. Yeah. Well, yeah. Going back to well, not New Mutants, but um, New New Warriors. Sorry, it was New Warriors, not New Mutants. New Warriors with their TV show. Is yeah. that going to be on? Uh, it's going to be on. What was it? Freeform. Freeform. Yeah. Originally, it was ABC Family, but now they changed it up to Freeform. And I talked with um, my wife about this, and she she and I agree that they're trying to go into that CW market since CW keeps hashing out all these new comic book TV shows from The Flash, The Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow. I know they confirmed Black Lightning, and I've seen a trailer for it. When's it supposed to? Second half of the new se- of this season. Okay. So January, February. Gotcha. So New War, if anybody's looking for it, looking to anything dealing with New Warriors, like the obvious one would be New New Warriors number one. But if you're looking for a first appearance, I guess the first appeared in uh, Mighty Thor four eleven and four twelve. And this is the thing I, I find odd is majority of what I've read is that their first appearance is in Mighty Thor four eleven, like in the last panel. But that goes along with this. That goes into the Wolverine, like Incredible Hulk, one eighty, one eighty one territory, where technically Wolverine's first appearance was in one eighty. One eighty, yeah, as a cameo. As a cameo in the last panel, but yeah, his real first, like his full first appearance, comes in on one eighty one, and it seems to be the same with with this one, but. Every, everybody seems to be showing that 411 was their first appearance, but technically it's a cameo, and it's at the last panel. It's at the very last panel on the last page, like, at the bottom. But they're featured primarily in 412, and, like, they're even featured on the cover, like, introducing, like, Morrow's new new warriors. Oh, uh, then, yeah, that, I, I think that would be the more... I think that yeah, would be the more sought out one, which is why I yeah. went ahead and bought like four copies from like fifteen to twenty bucks. Oh, well, it's on the low end. Too. Yeah, like, like even if that one, even if that one gets popular, it's like I want to predict at least fifty, like fifty dollars minimum that they'll sell back for. Like even on the lower end, yeah, rating, like a very, like very fine, very fine plus. Well, for Four eleven, I think people are just probably gonna forget that that was the first appearance. Yeah, that's that tends to happen a lot. There's always gonna be people like speculating like what's gonna be the hot book like later on. Deadpool like New Mutants ninety eight, I think it was. Was it ninety eight? Yeah, yeah. New Mutants ninety eight goes up that and one, down so much. Yeah, like, that one. I I literally remember that one being. I think when out on a low end, I think it was like twenty to fifty bucks, depending on like. Back in like a dec, more than a decade ago. Yeah, like for sure he was a popular character, but everybody saw him and just think, "Oh, it's Spider-Man." But now that's it's what... more recently with the with the movie with the first movie that book shot up to on a low end of like three hundred bucks. Oh, definitely. And and now I see high end like nine point eight going for like one hundred and fifty now. 
was it 1500 right well you, i've seen people selling them for like 150 one 200 bucks right now because the market's just so oversaturated with new oh yeah eight. true true well yeah i remember the high end being like it was selling a 90 it was selling 1500 yeah so the grand yeah last year at the beginning of the year it was expensive to buy one now would be the best time to buy one because they're cheap, and I guarantee once the second one starts showing some trailers and stuff, that book's going to shoot right back up. And another book to invest in, like we were talking about Black Lightning, that's another book that started going up slowly. And slowly, but, and no one noticed. But I noticed, like the moment they announced the, the moment they announced that they were making it, I went ahead and looked at the pricing for Black Lightning number one. And it was like, like a near mint would, it would be like fifteen to fifteen or twenty bucks. The low yeah. end, like the lowest I've seen a near mint was probably ten bucks. I went ahead and bought like a couple of them. I should go and, out and get some too. Yeah. But now but that was like I wanna say like last year. You'd be lucky to find them at like the ten to twenty dollars. Now like even like a very fine condition is like forty five bucks to to fifty. Near mint, you're oh, looking wow. at a hundred bucks. Jumped up pretty high then. Oh, definitely. Well, it's the, it's the same with uh, what is it? New Mutants '87 first cable. That book used to go for like eighty bucks on a high end, and now it's going for like eight to nine hundred. Was it that high? I didn't. I didn't even check that one last. I mean, I don't know the actual GPA, but from what I've seen, like you know, on the Instagram pages where I buy and sell, most people are selling them for four to four to eight hundred bucks, depending on grade, obviously. And for, I guess for the higher end ones, if people are looking to invest, is probably Fantastic Four Fifty Two. Yeah, first Black, Black Panther. Panther. That's another one that people are waiting for that second trailer. Because oh, I mean, I've, the first one was amazing. I, yeah, I, I was I was sold right there. And from what I've heard from Comic Con, there was a standing ovation for that for what they showed, and nobody knows what they showed. Like nobody shows. Oh yeah. I mean, I guess they heard what what it was, but. Like, well, I mean, seen, we like, got we got that little leak of Infinity War, but I haven't seen one leak for uh, Black Panther at all. Yeah, nothing. And I mean, you you seen the reaction videos too of the cast seeing it for the first time, and they were blown away. So I'm sure it's going to be just amazing. I'm just waiting for what happens after. I think me and Chris talked about this, where after Luke Cage came out, like a whole bunch of like white people came out saying, like, aren't there any more like. Why isn't this cast so racist? Or like, why isn't any white people? Like, it's Harlem. Oh, Chris, I think you're losing. Oh, crap. You sound Mr. Roboto. Yeah. But yeah, I guess going back, going back to what we were talking about, that everybody, everybody just, the, the white fanboy community blew a fuse over not being enough, like, white people in Luke Cage. And If that's the case, they're yeah. going to lose their shit over... Yeah, over an all-black cast. In Africa. Like, and here's the kicker. It's well, during Black History Month in February. Like They I'm have like, something to bitch about regardless of what it is. Like, Just I'm, like Homecoming when it came out. I have never... Man, so many people talking shit on that movie. Like, I don't even think it's really a fanboys. It's just... I think it's those spec, like specula speculators who like come in and watch something that... Because everybody else is seeing it. And then they oh, realize yeah, there's, not, there's not enough white people in it. Oh, that's, that's exactly what it is. Like, I talk to people about this all the time. You know, when we were growing up, it wasn't cool to like comic books and stuff like this. Because of the movies and everything. Like, everyone collects comics. Everyone likes this. Everyone likes that. But then it's, 
you got those people, like you said, that come out of nowhere. Oh, well, well where's all the white people? Uh, this character's been black since the beginning of the time, so you can fuck yeah. off with those statements. Doesn't say Star Trek's got some of the worst fans. Their fanboys are horrible. I can believe that. But yeah, I think I want to close that out right there. You have you have been listening to the Low Income Geeks in our first and first attempt for an episode. And join us, I guess, next week. Hopefully, join us next time. Like in the meantime, like you can actually follow us. Follow us on Twitter. Like for me, for me, it's. Um, Tony from Hawaii, that's T-O-N-Y-F-R-O-M-H-I. And I guess for Chad, you can follow him, I guess your Instagram? Uh, I got a a Twitter too, it's uh, at Chad underscore A-S-M. And you have your own auctions as well. Yeah, yeah, I also run my Instagram page, which is Chado Holobaugh, C-H-A-D. O W H O L L O B A U G H. I am. Um, I'm always posting about comic books. I also open to any questions. You know, I have a vast knowledge of stupid shit. So yeah. hit me up. And Chris, I don't know. Not too sure if you want people following you or not. I don't have a Twitter, but uh, I, know yeah, I don't really do anything on my Instagram besides post pictures of my dog. But I can promote some stuff. So Tonka eighty eight, I believe, is my Instagram. B U C K T O N K A. And for all of us, you can actually follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the same, low-income geeks, one word, and if you like us, eventually I'll put up the Patreon. We're very much low-income in this in this podcast. But yeah, that, that'd be it for our episode. Um, again, tune in next time. Later, folks. Later. Later.